0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network.
1: The NFL clock never sleeps, and neither do we. Uh, if there's news to report, we report it. If there's something to talk about, we talk about it. Uh, you'll get a show from us at least weekly over the uh off season barring any circumstances beyond our control and uh, we look forward to it we look forward to seeing what the dolphins can do with their financial situation so it's going to be a very interesting offseason and i uh, hope you join us for it i think you'll enjoy it thanks a lot everybody fins up I am here to go over some of the things that happened yesterday early in the game, and and let's see how it affected our team and our ability to score. Miami yet again won the opening toss and elected to defer. The return began about the 15-yard line by uh, Justin Watson, who brought the ball out to the 31-yard line of Kansas City. Mahomes threw high to Kelsey, and that brought it to second and 10. He again was off target to Rice. Uh, so it's 3rd and 10. The Chiefs converted on a Mahomes pass to Kelsey that gained 12 yards. So the defense had him in position to stop, and they couldn't do it. Pacheco gained 4 yards on first down, making it 2nd and six to go. Again, Mahomes handed off to Pacheco right up the gut for a gain to the Miami 44. Again, the Chiefs converted on third down. and That was their second, and that was one more than Miami can generate all game. It was that bad. Next was a swing pass to Kelsey for a pickup of eight yards. Pacheco takes a handoff, 23 yards, for yet another first down. After a two-yard run on the on second and eight, Mom threw a perfect drag route to Rice for the touchdown, and it was 7-0 Kansas City. Miami took the touchback out to the 25, to a pitch left from one yard to Mostert. On second down, Mostert ran out inside for another yard. On third and eight, Austin Jackson was called for a false start. So it was third and 13. Uh, that uh, was a dump off to Wilson and uh, didn't gain a lot. It was fourth and seven, and Miami punted back to the Chiefs, right? That was the last thing you wanted to do. Uh, after a bad punt of 23 yards, just to make matters worse, the Chiefs took over at the Miami 44. On first down, Pacheco falls forward for a yard. On second down, Mahomes dumps a short pass to Hartman. On third and sixth, Mahomes went deep, but he was off target, and the Chiefs punted back to Miami on fourth down, which was down by Kansas City at Miami's 11-yard line. Tua answered with an interception, and that summed up the game. So, through a couple of series, all three phases were winning on the Chiefs' side. It remained that way all game. To give you some figures, and I'm not going to go into this too deep, but I think these are important. Tua was one of 12 and and third-down conversions. In other words, he had third downs 12 times, and he only completed or converted one. Tua was three of six on fourth down. The Chiefs ran 75 plays to our fifty-nine. Miami had eight penalties to Kansas, City, Kansas City's five. Um, time of possession, Miami trail 25-55 to 34-05 for Kansas City. Passing Tua was 20 for 29, I'm sorry, 20 for 39, one touchdown, one interception, and he threw for 199 yards. Take away that long pass to Hill, and, and it wasn't a very good day, but you can't do that. It counts. Uh, Mahomes was 23 of 41, one touchdown and 262 yards. He wasn't spectacular, but he was efficient. Pacheco had 89 yards on 24 carries. Again, you know, not spectacular, but efficient. Miami had 76 yards on 18 rushes. Miami used a ton of zero blitz, uh, not a good idea against a quarterback experienced and as talented as Mahomes. So these were some of my observations based on what happened during the game. You can tell from the onset that Kansas city was prepared and they were ready and they weren't going to be denied. I mean, that's the team that we want, right? That's, that's the team that we have to count on. Now, you know, you have to sit back and think about what the differences are between these two teams. I can't tell you because you're just gonna not believe me. So, you know, you, uh, do it for yourself. It's a good exercise. You know, what's the difference? You know, the Kansas City's are reigning world champs. So what's the difference between us and them? And they're not at, you know, world champ level right now due to finances, but, uh, regardless, uh, they are a good football team and they win when they have to win. That's the thing, you know, they're, they're disciplined. So anyway, all right, that's all I got with that. I'm sure we'll talk more later. And it's another fin fans podcast. With me this evening is Louis Ragoni.
0: Hello, 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 Dolphins! The season, the season has come. died. <laughs> the season has come, and the season has gone.
1: We expected better. I mean, I'm not going to lie. You know, we we expected to every better.
0: Day, turn, turn, turn. Okay. What's that, Mike? I'm sorry. No, i, I was sorry. Off. I was
1: listening to your song. I lost my train of thought. Yeah.
0: There is a season. Okay. Yeah. So I was saying
1: ahead. we expected better. Uh, you know, yeah. we, we fell to the chiefs in Kansas city, which is not a crime, but, uh, we didn't plan on being in Kansas city. We wanted to be at home and that just didn't work out. So, you know, we made our own bed, losing the Tennessee killed this team, really killed this team. And, uh, then you go from there, and you lose to Buffalo, and now you lose a playoff game, and we had some other miserable games in between, you know, the Ravens, and we got to hope that we learn something from it, that the people upstairs learn something from it, that they are able to dissect exactly what's wrong with this team. Uh, so, Lewis, give me your thoughts on, on the game and, and just the general uh, your general feeling of the team real quick.
0: Uh You know you look at the team as a whole and you look at the so-called pro bowl players that we have veteran guys that we have on this football team and where were they um through all these big games right uh, they were non-existent you just didn't see big plays out of any of them as a matter of fact you saw you saw some really bad and piss-poor play out of guys like Ramsey on the defensive side Armstead has had bad games you know, it goes on and on and on. Tyreek Hill with drops, of elected to the Pro Bowl. Absolutely horrible of late. You know, just not making plays. Either side of the football. Um, frustrating. Uh, the team as a whole, you know, if you look at the second half and where we were and where we are now, which is sitting at home, it, it's really a hard pill to swallow, Mike. It just is. I mean, you can't when you when you go into the end of this season and you go into December, you should be playing your best football. And I know we've had injuries on the defensive side, right? Um, but when your offense is as anemic as it has been at times, with the amount of talent that you have on that side of the football, it, again, it's a hard pill to swallow. Uh, you mentioned the Tennessee game. You know after Washington, Mike, you know, to me, you know the Tennessee game basically told a lot, it told you a lot about this football team and whether they were going to take the next step or not, right? Because they had it right there for the taking. You knew you had a tough schedule coming up. You knew that you had to beat Tennessee in order to just solidify, that, you know, that division championship and a home field game, and instead, You went out there offensively and you threw an absolute stink bomb, period. Uh, We scored 28 points in that game against a a really bad football team. And we had two gift touchdowns given to us in that game. You know, they, they had some bad turnovers in their own end where we just walked into the end zone thereafter, right? So, you know, past that, the Dallas game, it took five field goals and some really, really good defense. Uh, you know, to, to to win that football game. And then after that, it was just, just horrible football. Uh, up in Baltimore, the offense did not show up. The defense did not show up. Against Buffalo, the defense held it together for the most part, right? I mean, you know, they had a punt return for a touchdown, but the defense as a whole, even with all the injuries, gave up a total of 14 points, And what does our offense do? They score 14 points. And then again, yesterday, seven points and a lucky seven to say, you know, if you want to look at it, you know, that play was, it was just a four, we were fortunate. The ball was underthrown by 10 yards. Tyreek made a great play, a great adjustment. And that was the extent of our score, our scoring for the whole game. I, again, two weeks in a row, Mike, without even a field goal attempt. I mean, shameful, absolutely shameful. The offense was healthy. You had Mostert back. You had Waddle back. Waddle had two targets yesterday. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I'm, really, I'm really having a hard time trying to understand exactly what they try to do at certain times. Um, that, that's, that's my problem. I think the coaching on the offensive side was hideous of late. In running in, in running situations you pass the ball. In running situations you go with empty sets to where you don't even have a running back next to Tua. So you're basically telling the defense that you're gonna pass the football. Come get me. I don't understand the logic behind it. It it to me it makes no sense. And you know, we, we can go on and on about, you know, where we're at as a football team, but um You know, when you look at the fact that we had to go out and get guys that basically have not played a down of football this whole season and literally had to start them in football games. And I understand that we have a lot of of injuries, but we also have a lot of guys that we've drafted in early rounds that are on this football team. And just basically, I'm assuming they're just there simply because They were drafted high, and the Dolphin personnel, the people that are uh, responsible for these draft picks, don't want a lot of egg in their face. Um, Otherwise, I don't understand how you get guys like Bruce Irvin and Houston, Justin Houston, and Ingram, who looks like he's about 30 pounds overweight, playing over guys that you drafted. Nick Needham and Eli Apple playing over a guy that you drafted in the second round. This is the problem with this football team. And going forward, it will continue to be the problem if we don't make changes upstairs. You look around the NFL, Mike, and you look at two rookie quarterbacks or two very young quarterbacks that won football games today. Love went into Dallas and looked like a world beater. Stroud beat a good Cleveland defense yesterday. Okay. Now that's just at the quarterback position. Those guys have more wins than our franchise, more playoff wins now than our franchise has in the last 20 years. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, when you look at this and you understand what needs to be done, um, it's really hard to be excited going forward about this football team because i honestly have no faith in our drafting you know we we hit it once in a while or maybe we don't i mean everybody's very high on phillips and he looks like a great football player but what has he done up to this point mike how many pro bowls does he have you know when you look around the nfl and you see guys like Mika parsons and guys like watts in pittsburgh You know, those guys are perennial Pro Bowl players, and they have been for years. And Parsons was somebody we wanted them to draft. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, somewhere down the line, you know, we're going to put together a show and make everybody understand why why this organization continues to fail and not be able to make it through a playoff game with a victory or win a division championship. It's simply because we've made a ton of mistakes across the draft, and everybody'll bring up the Phillipses of the world, and so on and so forth. But what they don't understand is, is that we have been in situations to where we wouldn't have had to do this or do that had we drafted the right guy at the right time. Yeah,
1: we've talked about this before. It snowballs when, when you when you draft a waddle in it, and he doesn't get the job done. This is just a hypothetical. Uh, yeah. But you, you draft a waddle and he doesn't get the job done, so you go out and, and you pull in a free agent receiver, and, and now you're, you know, you're, you're spending extra money than you would be spending, and uh, that's money that could have went to another position that you need help
0: at. Mike, you're watching teams. Houston was the worst team in football two years ago. Yeah, You're watching teams winning playoff games. And, and playing extreme at a very high level. And we were in such a position a few years ago to be right where a lot of these teams are. You watch Green Bay, okay? They went with nothing but rookie receivers and tight ends this year. They didn't go out and sign free agents. They, they have all these good young receivers. And, they didn't and send Jordan away draft picks
1: to, to pick a receiver.
0: Not at all. <laughs> I mean, basically, well, they may, I don't know what happened in the Devontae Adams trade, but the bottom line is, is that they didn't bring in any veterans. They basically built up an offense that has become extremely potent over the second half of the season. My point is, is that you're watching teams completely surpass us. um, And they started their rebuild after we did. Now, going forward, you know, this team's on Band-Aids, Mike, at every turn. I mean, you've got our be- one of our best players this year in Mostert is thirty, going to be 32, 33 next year?
1: 32.
0: 32. Yep. Armstead, you know, he's on Band-Aids uh, every part of his body as you go through a season. You just cross your fingers and hope that he gets through it. And it, it, it's, it's like this all over the place. You, you, you drafted a guy in Waddle. Who's, who was a top 10 pick, you, you, you traded a number one to get back in the top 10 to draft him. And you know, there's guys that have been drafted in the second and third round that are just outshining him over and over again. I mean, you, you know, great, he's had 3,000-yard seasons. Just for
1: the record, he does have an elite grade on the season. He has a grade of 90.3.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, Mike, he...
1: We're not criticizing his talent what we're doing is criticizing his impact.
0: The impact. And now now that, that's a whole other thing. Why is his impact not as much? I mean, Me and you grew up on watching Duper and Clayton and from week to week, it was either one guy or the other or both of them on a given day. How many games can you point to this year where you saw Waddle and Hill both excel in the same game? Not many. Or how many times did you see Waddle exceed Hill? even with all the attention that he gets. Now, I don't know if it's coaching. Yeah. I don't know if it's Tua. I have no idea, but the bottom line is, is that it's not getting done. But you know what,
1: Lewis? If, it's, if we don't know if it's coaching or if it's Tua, it's coaching. Yeah. Because I mean, if it wasn't coaching, it would be corrected.
0: Mike, you know what? Listen, I, I've watched Tua now for a good amount of time and I watched him improve incredibly and he's he he excelled this year and and he went beyond my expectations in regard to what he accomplished in the first half of the season the second half of the season Mike was the same Tua that's a problem it happened last year as well yeah he, he went he, he crawled under a rock in the big games, he when calls you play on the, the Baltimore's
1: rocks. and the Buffaloes and teams like that.
0: Kansas City's here, yeah. Here's the thing, Mike: Kansas City and Buffalo have both taken a step back this year, without a question of a doubt. Agreed. If if anybody, if anybody tells me differently, I, I'd say they're absolutely crazy. Everybody that knows football is well aware of the fact that Kansas City and Buffalo have taken a step back on both sides of the football. The Dolphins played them four times and lost to both of those teams four times. Okay, enough said. So it's, we're it's not even been the go- same
1: way since uh, before Tannehill was here.
0: Yeah, I mean, but but Mike, you know what? Tannehill did not have five Pro Bowl players on his football team. No, he, he did not. He and did then not. he didn't have two or three other guys. That he had Devonte
1: Parker and you know people like that.
0: He had, he had a horrible offensive line to play behind. He didn't have two running backs, Mike, that combined for over 30 touchdowns, right? I mean, they literally, didn't they combine for over 30 touchdowns between a Chan and and Mostert? I mean, they had a running yep. game this yep. year, Mike. So, you know, I'm looking at this, and I'm trying, I'm trying to understand what, what the problem is. I, and I, I can't quite put my finger on it. But I will tell you this: the blame for our collapse down the stretch starts with the coaching, and it starts with and it, and, and it ends with a leaning on, to, I think, a little too much, because we listen, we know he's limited. He can only do so much. He, he's accurate, and that's his basically, that's his best attribute. But past that. I mean, how many good things can you honestly say about Tua? He's a great guy. There's no question about it. He's a great teammate. There's no question about that. Does he crawl on the rock in big games? Absolutely. Is he inaccurate in big games? Absolutely. That's his strength. And it becomes another weakness. He can't throw on the run. He can't scramble. I mean, there's a lot of issues with him. So instead of, you know, working around that, he puts him in positions to where he's putting, putting him in a position to make plays in these games on third and twos. I mean, run the football. The game was 13-7. to seven. You know, let's just look at this game, and, and, it, and as far as I feel, a turning point in the game. It's 13-7, and we're in Kansas City territory around the 40-yard line and Mostert's ran the ball four or five straight times, and we've picked up a couple first downs. And we have a third and two. And what he does is he has Tua throw a ball, which of course, of course, falls incomplete. On fourth and two, he completely empties the backfield. So he has a spread offense out. And what do we do? We throw another incompletion. At that point, I'm thinking to myself, you got to be kidding me. In these conditions, with the way Tua is playing, You've got, you're in a position where you can run the ball twice and you can't pick up two yards there and extend the drive. Those decisions wind up coming back to haunt you, and they did. You take time off the clock, you keep the ball away from Kansas City, you keep the ball away from a defense being put back on the field that is basically taped together with a bunch of guys, like I said, that haven't played all year. That makes the most sense to me. it it did mcdaniel did a horrible job of coaching down the stretch both last week and this week and you can throw in the baltimore game as well there's talent there i just don't understand it you were missing connor williams at the center position but otherwise mike you had every single offensive player that you signed as free agents you you had um the guys you drafted, everybody was back, and you were still only able to put up a total of seven points and an anemic amount of first downs, an anemic amount of third down conversions. It it just you you can go down the list. It was just a horrible, horrible coaching job and a horrible, horrible effort by the offense as a whole.
1: Not much I can add to that, Lewis. I mean, you know, I, I said a few things at the beginning of the show, and and. You know, I mean, you you don't want to you don't want <laughs> to overreact to a loss, okay? And then you really you you have to hold yourself in check, and that's what I've tried to do. I'm not gonna throw the whole world onto his shoulders because it's not just Tua. Uh,
0: no, it, it isn't. It, you can't just blame Tua. You know, it, it a lot of blame. It, there's a lot of blame to go around. But go ahead. Well,
1: yeah, I was gonna say, you know, you you you. You would have liked Tua to play better. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Is he capable of better? I think he is. Not a lot better, but I think he's capable of better. The coaches, you know, they, they say they want to put players in positions to win, right? And in, in positions to accentuate their skills. And sometimes they're good at that and sometimes they're not. And uh, the last quarter of this season, they have not been. Uh, We have not played well, and I don't believe that the players were put in positions to play well. Uh, You know, you you, you brought up an example of them emptying the backfield on fourth down. That's not a position to excel.
0: Yep, absolutely. Because
1: the defense knows exactly what you're doing. (laughs)
0: Listen, Mike, you know, when you do much of the same the whole course of the year, I mean, in all honesty, I mean, when you look at our offense as a whole, even early on, I mean, we, we were basically coming up with some humongously big plays, right? Long passes on fly patterns down the sideline. You know, teams are smart. You know, they're going to take that away from you. You know, so Tyreek Hill, you know, on the long passes, yeah, we were fortunate. You know, they were um, they did have two guys out there. Right, the ball was underthrown. The safety had to come back for it in the corner you know, was just, you know, he was covering Hill stride for stride. The ball was just underthrown, and and we were fortunate. But past that, if you look at like, bring it, just making Waddle part of the offense, even on simple outs, you know, that's what you need to do. Incorporate people into your game plan. Incorporate A-Chan into your game plan. Listen, Mike, here's the problem. And it all starts with the the, the limitations of Tua. You, you can roll them out. Yes, absolutely. But when you watch him roll out and you watch the quarterbacks of today's NFL and their ability to avoid a guy that's I'm reaching that's here, coming Lewis. Off, I'm reaching. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, coming off the edge, they're able to get around them and still make plays down the field. I mean, uh, Tua... It looks like he's running in quicksand when when he's trying to get away from defensive tackles. I mean, this, this, these are facts. I mean, everybody watches these games. Everybody watches the inability of Tua to really avoid a pass rush and to get away from pass rushes. And, and when he's on the run, you know, his arm strength goes down incredibly. Like his ability to get the ball down the field, he's just not... Capable of doing it for one reason or another. He has a really hard time with it, whether he's rolling left or right. His screen passes, I, they leave something to be desired. He doesn't sell people on it. Um, I've seen quarterbacks that just excel at that. And maybe that's why we don't see that incorporated into the game plan week to week. I don't know what, what the situation is, but I can, I can only guess. And I can only tell you what I see when I'm watching football games, and this doesn't solely fall on Sua, atua you know, it is what it is. You know his limitations; you have to work around them. I think McDaniel's gotten as bad as much added to it as any coach in the NFL could have. Right? You put him on other football teams, Mike. No, I'd I just, agree with. I'd agree I agree with that. I, I don't I, think
1: there's any question of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, you're just not. You're not going to see the productivity. But keep in mind now that. You know, they've surrounded him with a ton of talent right now. A-Chan is an incredibly good young running back. Mostert had an incredible football season this year. Um, those guys both catch the ball extremely well. You've got Tyreek Hill, you can, you, know, you can say is probably the best receiver in the league. If not, he's in the top three. Um, Waddle is a top draft pick that they don't utilize enough um maybe because he's just not that big but again you know this is this is what we've done through the draft you know you've drafted guys that you know maybe can't catch you know can't get targeted 10, they made a big investment a in waddle they sure did absolutely and they passed on a guy mike that i'm watching on the screen right now in seoul that would have been ideal for this football team you know it just goes back to the decisions that we've made over and over again
1: um, um, people can it, go back and listen to the draft shows. We wanted Sewell.
0: <laughs> oh, it's, you know what? There, there's been mistakes at every turn. I, I'm, um, I'm
1: not saying it would have been a mistake or it wouldn't have been a mistake. It's just, you know, you watch the Austin Jacksons getting drafted and, you know, he's had a, he had a miserable game Sunday. And and, and your Saturday night and, and it's just, you know, it just boggles your mind, you know, uh, well. When, when i look at austin jackson do i see a football player there and if i do i see a very very marginal one
0: mike look around all you got to do is just look around the nfl you know and and you'll see you'll see guys two is a top five draft pick right waddle's yep. a top 10 draft pick yep. austin jackson's a top 20 draft pick he was drafted i believe 18th okay I mean, are these guys playing like where they were drafted in the league compared to other teams and and how their stars are? I mean these guys should all be pro bowl players and and above and beyond and making plays in big football games. Well, Tua
1: Nana is going to tell me that is just fine the way he is. It's everybody else around them that's the problem.
0: Yeah, well that that's not the case because there's time Mike I try to explain this to people that You're not going to go out and play in perfect conditions. You're not going to go out and play with a a perfect (laughs) football. This is not Alabama. Okay. You're not going out and having five phenomenal offensive linemen in front of you, two phenomenal wide receivers, two phenomenal running backs, a phenomenal tight end. He he had he had three
1: phenomenal wide receivers.
0: Right. In Alabama. Exactly. But we have two, one that they drafted simply to match back up with him in Waddle. You had two outstanding running backs this year. You had a Pro Bowl tackle in Armstead. You had a Pro Bowl center in Williams before he got hurt. You have a guy that's on the brink of making the Pro Bowl in Robert Hunt. Uh, What more? I mean, in the NFL, you can't have a team that's stacked with stars across the board. They have enough talent. Okay, they went out, they signed Cedric Wilson, free agent, brought him in as a wide receiver. Braxton Barrios, brought him in. Craycraft was brought in. All of these guys brought in. We draft wide receivers and they're non-existent. Again, comes back to the draft. I'm watching this Nakua with the Rams and some of these guys that are drafted in later rounds, just blowing it up with their football teams i mean this this is the problem over and over and over again with this football team you know we're making up for bad drafts we have to trade for a tyreek hill because we passed up on a justin jefferson we passed up on a jamar chase so we have to give up draft capital five draft picks to pick up a guy like tyreek hill because of our failures in regard to drafting decent football players. This happens on a continuous basis
1: well you you made a statement that uh you know you've gotta you've gotta see those mid range draft picks just because they have to fill out your football team
0: that absolutely. Or They're maybe, your depth or and, maybe well, even become stars right or maybe
1: right like uh Zach thomas right exactly but uh the bottom line is we traded all that away so. right, yep. And it's nothing against Hill. I mean, Hill's a great player, but you know, I, would I rather have five good players than one great player?
0: Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. And maybe you it's not necessary to even have a Tyreek Hill on your football team if you drafted a Justin Jefferson when he was there for the taking. I mean, Mike, listen, you know, they they've the, made the other problem. Lewis, the
1: other problem this presents you that, that people don't think about uh-huh. Is when it comes to free agency, you're going to lose players. Yes. Okay. Behind those players, you've got to have people who are ready to step in, or you have to refill that position. Right. Okay. Now, those five draft picks that you've that you know, that you gave away to, to get Hill, that could help you uh, immensely when you're losing players, and, and you know, they're gone. So.
0: Well, the other, the other position it puts you in, Mike, is the, the, the few draft picks that, that, that are very solid football players. You put yourself in a position where I, I got to pay these guys. How yeah. am I going to pay them when I keep paying all these high-priced free agents and all the $10 million here, $12 million there, $8 million here, $6 million there? How am I going to do that? because i have to have a roster right and yep. my draft picks are just not amounting to anything it goes on and on and on you know in, in this situation i mean you know you've got guys on the football field that aren't worth a damn on your roster simply because you failed in drafting hunter long was supposed to be a tight end here with this football team for years to come well, that was he a third round pick Right. Instead, you got a guy named Hill, Julian Hill, who to me is just an absolute roster, a horrible roster spot. They
1: love the kid for whatever reason.
0: I Listen, I haven't seen anything out of him up to this point. I see his grades, Mike, every week, and they're not very good. Whether no, they're, they're blocking, not. pass routes, pass catching, whatever the case may be. I mean, Tyler Croft is on this roster. He's either inactive or whatever the case... I mean, th- this is what you have because of your inability to draft solid football players. You know, Eichenberg, listen, I give him all the credit in the world. He filled in at a spot that he hasn't played, but his grades are absolutely horrendous in the process. You know, he, he's in the 40s and 50s week in and week out. Yeah, from he, that was, he was position. a
1: liability the other day.
0: Yeah. I mean, the last couple of weeks, Mike, I think his grades have been in the 50s against both Buffalo and Baltimore. But, you know, this thing is just a a constant cycle. And in the end, you know, we get excited about a football team. And yes, injuries did hurt us. Every team's been hurt by injuries, Mike. Buffalo has got a home field game. They lost Milano. They lost one of their best cornerbacks. I mean, they lost him
1: against us, Traverius White
0: yeah to various white i mean they've played without them and then their draft picks step in over and over and over again and are making plays and winning football games for them and our guys are basically replaced by has-beens i mean you know it to me that's where the issue lies people have to understand that in order to change things it has to start from the very very top and I know people are talking about Steven Ross. Ross isn't going anywhere as the owner. It has to start underneath him. He has to get different personnel in there that are making decisions for our drafts. And until we do that, because this guy has failed over and over again for years, it's not going to happen. It, it, nothing's going to change. We're going to throw Band-Aids on situations and pray that somehow, some kind of way, that these free agents that we're signing work out or they stay healthy enough through the season.
1: Well, every every team has that hope. I mean, you know, because it's a 50-50 shot, basically.
0: It is, but Mike, we, I think, more than any other team in the NFL, at least it seems that way to me, I don't follow every team and how many big free agents they sign and how many guys they bring in. But to me, us, in regard to vital positions in regard to um getting playmakers involved on you know or or part of this football team us more than anybody have done this over and over again over and over why can't we draft a great wide receiver right i mean the cd lamb drafted waddle right (laughs) yeah mike (laughs) waddle is not cd lamb i know i mean You know, I'm sorry, Waddle is not Jamar Chase. Waddle is not a lot of guys. I can go on and on and on and name about 20 guys, 25 guys in the NFL that I I would probably want over him at this point. You know, we talked about it. And again, uh, we're not knocking Waddle to to any great extent. He's a good football player, Tua is a good football player, but you have to get incredible value as to where these guys were drafted and we're not getting it if we were getting it we'd be winning playoff games mike we'd be we'd be winning uh, division championships we're not getting it
1: you mean we'd beat tennessee is that what you're trying to say
0: <laughs> we would beat buffalo yeah. In, a, in a very winnable football game the other night. I mean, even with the defense depleted, you know, if the offense scores 24 points, we win that football we game. We played
1: Buffalo tougher last year.
0: It, is that asking too much? Mike, <laughs> it, I'll go a step further, okay? You know, McDaniel's in his second full season now, right? Yeah. You know, w- w- are we any better – with a lot more talent than we were on no, the Flores we're not. with a lot I just told less you we, we
1: played Buffalo tougher last year and that's, Well no, that's...
0: last year was on the McDaniel as well. Right. I mean, I'm talking about in the Flores era.
1: Flores had well, we were a, we were better on defense and 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 probably not as good on offense.
0: Right. But what as it as a whole, Mike, I'm not I'm not picking the team apart and going uh you know side by side position by position i'm talking about i don't actually.
1: think we're much worse let's as put a it whole, that
0: way i think we're probably equivalent as as a whole this is my point as a whole as a team as a whole are we all that much better than we were under flores when he was head coach keep in mind keep in mind that McDaniel has a hell of a lot more talent to work with than Flores did well, and that, you're, that's, you're
1: throwing caveats in there though you what, asked me a question, are we better
0: right and and the, and the answer is we're not that much better
1: right that's with, the answer
0: that's the answer. We didn't win playoff games with Flores with McDaniel, we haven't won playoff games i mean you've got you've got an offense now, Mike. That, that was extremely good. Flores and, and his coaching staff did not have guys like Mostert and a They didn't have anybody. Even, okay, we're, even we're, one,
1: we're one game better. <laughs> yeah,
0: if exactly. Take the
1: last four years, we're one game
0: better. One, one game better. Yeah. Trades and, 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 and free agent signings and so on and so forth. We're, we're not all that much better.
1: I'm not counting to us first year because to me that's a garbage year.
0: Right, absolutely, and you know what? We weren't bad that year. I we mean, were five, you know,
1: five and eleven.
0: We were five and eleven, and we won five games when we weren't supposed to yep. win one. Yeah, so, that was a,
1: that was a tanking year. Everybody, I remember.
0: Right, that was the tanking year. Flores may have cost us, you know, a, a Joe Burrow of the, you know, or somebody to that effect. I, who knows, Mike? You know what? We may have drafted Tua one way or another. When we whether you, we never, know. you, you never, never know, you never know. I don't know what their philosophy was in regard to you know what their we 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 still you know question what their thought process was in regard to drafting tour over herbert and whether who knows maybe they would have drafted him over burrow had they had the higher draft pick i don't know but i i wouldn't put it past them to say the least i wouldn't yeah. put it past them so it's it's frustrating as a Dolphin fan, and I know there's going to be people that listen to us, Mike, and... Um,
1: that don't anymore, because we said it, something bad about Tua.
0: That disagree, you know, a lot of people will agree with us, a lot of people will disagree with us, but I will tell you this, that, you know, we, we keep quiet, you know, we have praised Tua when he's played extremely well, and he has had some really good games, but, you know... We see too much of this um, over and over and over again, and you can't keep folding in the big
1: games and not have bad things said about you. I mean, that's just the way it goes.
0: I honestly, Mike, the way we beat Dallas on that given night, Mike, yeah, is the philosophy in regard to winning football games with Tua as your quarterback. That's the philosophy. You have to run the ball. You have to rely on your kickers kicking field goals through. You have to rely on your defense keeping the game close. And you have to rely on Tua only on occasion to make plays. And that's a winning formula. That's the only way you're going to win.
1: If he doesn't make mistakes.
0: If he doesn't make mistakes. If you want him to throw the ball on third and twos and fourth and twos and And just put it all on him, the outcome's gonna be exactly what it's been in the second half of the season. You're gonna have a very hard time winning football games because basically
1: what you're saying, Louis, he's no better than a game manager. And that's you know
0: That's basically Mike, look, when you evaluate this guy, you know, as a quarterback, that's basically he's got a lot of negatives. He doesn't read defense as well. He throws to spots regardless of whether the guy's covered or not. He
1: predetermines Um, where he's going to throw, which uh, has become apparently obvious.
0: He did that last night over and over again in, in the game early to where he's throwing the ball whether there's two guys there or not, whether there's three guys there or not, whether the guy's open or whether he's running a horrible pattern or not. We watched it. The Buffalo game, the last throw of the game, he threw it to a spot and didn't care. You know there were two play, two Buffalo players in that area. The game is on the line right there.
1: Quarterbacking is too difficult to play it that way, and that's just the way I feel about it. I mean, he's cheating the position.
0: <laughs> I mean, listen. You know, somehow, some kind of way, they they they've got the job done. They got to a nice win total, Mike, but. In the end, what difference does it they make? They
1: beat up a bunch of teams that were not good football teams. And when they went to play the Buffaloes of the world and the Kansas Cities of the world, I mean, that's four games right there. They lost them all. And Tennessee has always been known as a physical team. And they, they you know, <laughs> we couldn't compete with them.
0: We, we beat Carolina 42 to 21. You're absolutely right. You know, we beat New England 31-17. We beat the Raiders 20 to 13. Right. I mean, you know, that was a nip and tuck game. I yeah. mean, listen, there, there, there are games, Mike, to where you're watching them and you're like, you know what? This offense isn't overly efficient as they should be. You know, they're, they're just not. They don't. What they do is, is they get pass happy. And, you know, I think that has a lot to do with your coaching and for whatever reason, even when the running game seems to be working, they get past happy. Um, you know, teams basically understand what we're doing. I mean, we came out this season with a few wrinkles, right? A-chan was, was a great addition. We came out out of the gates like like lunatics, but then slowly but surely people get film on us they start watching what we do and they 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 make the adjustments accordingly. You don't see McDaniel counteracting that, right? You don't see you don't see him doing things differently over the course of football games and that's a problem. It it really is. It's a problem. It it you saw Fangio basically change philosophies through different games, right? Like yesterday Mahomes was getting blitzed a lot, and you know what, Mike? He threw a hell of a lot of incompletions when they were blitzing him. I will tell you that. He threw a lot of balls that were incomplete. Now, the secondary and the fact that you had guys that were just, they were just picking on Kahoo a lot last night, and he was just getting smoked, but the bottom line is, is that basically going into the fourth quarter, you had a 19-7 game, and me and you talked over and over again last night about Man, if the offense can put a drive together and get us in the end zone, you know, and we've, we've got a 19-14 yep. game. Yep. You know, as bad as our defense is, de- as, as depleted as they were, we still had an opportunity to stay in that game. But at no point whatsoever, after that 13-7, third down and two drive, did you ever feel that they were ever – Going to compete in that football game on the offensive side. I never did. I was like, this is just absolutely hideous. It was just terrible. It was just it was just bad game planning. Um, you know the whole the whole offensive game plan I just didn't agree with at all. You know, I felt that you had to do you had to throw some wrinkles in, and I didn't care what it was. It didn't make any difference whatsoever. If you had I don't it.
1: think there's been an offensive game plan all season that you've liked, except for maybe the Denver game.
0: Well, I mean, the Denver game, Mike, they just came out and everything worked. You know, they, they <laughs> ran the ball. The guy <laughs> I ran. The You know what 50. happened. The guy, you know, they, they pitched the ball to most. He runs for 60 yards. They pitched the ball to eight-chain. He runs for 40 yards. They throw the ball down the field. It goes for 40 yards. I mean, th- everything worked that game. But when you look at when teams started to slow us down a little bit, yeah, which was the next week against Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, they, they basically, over the course of the season, didn't do enough, as far as I'm concerned, to get guys involved. I mean, get, get Cedric Wilson involved more, get Barrios involved more, Craycraft involved more. You know, when they were called upon last night, Mike, those guys made great catches over the middle of the field, on the side, whatever the case may be they were given opportunities they made plays the problem is you
1: do not let me take breaks oh (laughs) i gotta take a break we'll be right back we are back
0: uh yeah so i mean listen i listen it's depressing yeah i'm getting a lot of steam you know uh coming (laughs) off the top of my head here and it feels good to be honest with you um you know, I'm glad I have this opportunity to voice, um, but you know, it it's well. Listen, uh, if people are being if
1: people are being fair, Lewis Greer has been here for a long, long time, and he's had his hand in our drafting since 2016. Yeah, and it hasn't been good since 2016. So when
0: do you well, make think, a change? I, I when think, does that happen? I think, Mike, it, it's he's been involved even prior to that. Well. He? Well, yes, he yes, but not in the
1: drafting itself. He's had his hand in the drafting since two thousand sixteen. Right, the
0: scouting. He was ahead of the scouting yep. department yep. prior to that. Correct. But, you know, you've got you've got a situation where um, this guy, over and over again, has made major, major mistakes um, that they're, they're obvious, and you know, fans, Dolphin fans, just look at. You know, the Gowdy, you know, the big the big numbers that were put up on the offensive side, you know, Tua's statistics, Tyreek Hill statistics. Listen,
1: when you blow somebody out 70 to 20, that's going to skew your numbers. I don't care who you are. That is going to skew your numbers.
0: Without a doubt. But so, you know, you
1: don't want to take away from what he achieved in that game, but you also want to keep it in perspective. Of okay? course.
0: 45 against Washington, you know, and 42 against Carolina. Uh, you know those those are big numbers. I mean, you know, yep. you're talking about 150 points over those three games alone, right? Yeah. Um, you know, th- th- the thing is this, okay? As you're talking about Greer, you're absolutely right. I mean, finish what you were saying because we're on the same page in regard to him. You know, it's 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 it's. Well, man- I just think there's
1: a point. You know, he has to be accountable for his uh, inefficiencies.
0: Yes. Especially when teams, Mike, that teams like I, I talked about Houston earlier in Green Bay, you know, Green Bay got rid of Devontae Adams. They got rid of Aaron Rodgers. They may, they moved on from these guys. I mean, big time players, you know, guys that 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 are going to be Hall of Famers at some point and they go into the playoffs and they go into Dallas and just annihilate them. Yep. Annihilate them. Yep. We go in into Kansas City and and look like horseshit. I mean, I you can't tell me that Green Bay's offense as a whole is a better offense than us as a whole. I mean, can you tell me that? I mean, I you know. Well, I, I, you
1: said as a whole, so no, yeah. I can't tell you as a whole that they're better, but I can tell you where they are better. But I'll leave that for another day.
0: <laughs> okay. Well. That, that would be a major argument because I know you're referring to the quarterback position. But the bottom line is, is that up to this point, you know, two is numbers say different. But when it comes to crunch time, Mike, and it comes to playoff games and big yep. games, yep. one guy has done it and another guy hasn't. And I don't care about what the circumstances are. And that's the, that's the
1: statistic that I look at.
0: Yes. That's the one
1: that's important to me, not how many yards he gets in garbage time.
0: Points, Mike, points on the board. I've said it all year long, and I'll say it again, throw your numbers out, oh, two of this, two of that, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek that. Numbers are great, and I love talking about them, but they don't win you football games.
1: Since the Washington game, we scored 27, 30, 22, 19, 14, and 7. Not good. That's regression.
0: (laughs) One hundred and ten percent. I mean, look. You know, let's go back to the game yesterday, right? And you look at you look at Mahomes' statistics. He he had he threw twenty. He was twenty three of forty one against a really really bad bad depleted defense. Depleted defense for two hundred and sixty two yards and a touchdown. Pacheco. 24 attempts for 89 yards mike that you know what that averages out to it averages out less less than four four yards a carry now he had a 23 yard run mixed in there so on his other 23 carries and i love working with numbers i'll work with numbers all day long it doesn't win and lose your football games though but when you look at pacheco and you look at his numbers. You take that 23-yard run away, which, by the way, was an outstanding run. He was just piling over people and everything. You take that away, and he had 23 carries, 23, for a grand total of 66 yards. Yep. Okay? That's not even three yards a carry, is it?
1: Nope.
0: It's not. Exactly. Just under. Just Just under. under three yards a carry. This is with a depleted defense, so please tell me, where this game was lost and i you know the answers are clear as day things have to change we have to get some playmate a quarterback that can that can win your football games in crunch time and play well, out let me some ask you a different
1: guys. question let's say we decide for whatever reason you know he's under contract next year might be the place to start we keep two up for another season
0: which was going to definitely happen
1: right i believe that so how do we make this offense better in the meantime?
0: Um, Honestly, Mike, I've heard people talk about the tight end position, right? I've heard people talk about, you know, draft offensive linemen. Mike?
1: Maybe a draft, a legitimate center. Maybe a draft, uh, another left tackle. I mean, these, these are obviously positions that could require some attention. But uh, I'm talking about on the scoreboard. How are you going to affect it on the scoreboard?
0: You're not... You're just not, because you're still going to have the same guy. It, the pass rush this year, Mike, in regard to pressure on Tua, w- w- was, was not an issue. it just wasn't. I don't care. People can argue with me. All. Me and you look at the pressures per game and the amount of passes per game, and he's, on, a, on a high percentage, he's not getting pressure on, on a high percentage of his passes. Now, you can attribute that to him just getting the ball and throwing it, so on and so forth. But that's that's his prerogative. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he that's that's what he likes to do. That's his game plan. Um, you know, it seems to me like when they take his first read away, he, ha- he definitely has a problem going to a second read. It's a consistent problem. So yeah. I don't know the answer to that question because – I honestly saw a big improvement in Tua throwing the long pass. He actually was just throwing it earlier and it was it was smarter on his part. And I know they worked with him in regard to that. But as far as reading defenses, Mike, what, it, what year is it going to be for him next year? Is fifth. it four or five? Fifth. It's his fifth season.
1: Yeah. I mean... His first year was 2020.
0: We've always said... It's the it, right? Does yep. he have that it factor, right? And in my personal opinion, he does not. He's limited. You're, you've gotten about as much out of him as you're going to. Can you win football games with him? Absolutely. But in the big games, Mike?
1: Under pressure, his grade was 41-2 yesterday, and his when blitzed, he was 47. Right. So how do you defend him?
0: Right, I mean, it, it's as simple as that. You take away his first read, you put pressure on him, and that's the extent of it. You know, outside of the outside of the hash marks, Mike, he has a hard time throwing the ball outside. He's right, got if a he's lot- not
1: going to do that, then it's very easy to clutter the middle of the field and uh, get pressure on him, and that's what everybody's been doing.
0: He's got a lot of limitations, Mike. So the answer to your question, getting back to it, is I, I, I just can't. I mean, you have an offensive-minded coach. You can bring in a couple more guys on the offense, another offensive lineman to solidify the guard position, uh, maybe a tight end that can catch the football. But if you're just going to constantly target one guy on the field and you're going to draft a tight end very high and target him three times a game, What purpose is it going to serve you, really? You know, I mean, you know, I I watch teams that have drafted tight ends. Josh Allen, you know, utilizes both Kincaid and Knox. Okay. The Lions drafted Laporta. They utilize him all the time. Dak Prescott, Ferguson, who's a good young tight end, they target him all the time. If two is not going to target guys, what difference does it make? If the offensive game plan does not include other players and basically plays that are uh, designed to go their way, then what purpose do they serve? I mean, Waddle's a perfect example of that. He goes games, Mike, where he, I mean, he's targeted four or five times. This is a top 10 draft pick. Yeah. How do you do that? How do you do it? Yeah, I mean, but they do it. They find the way to do it. I mean, I, listen, I'll go down the list of how many times he was targeted in games, and you're going to be extremely surprised how few there are on given days. It's amazing. His reception total, Mike, in certain games, okay, middle of the season against the, the Vegas, okay, the Raiders, Four catches for 55 yards. The following week against Kansas City, three catches for 42 yards. Against New England, he had his best game of the year, seven catches for 121 yards, or his second best game, right? After that, Mike, it's all downhill. Philadelphia, six for 63. Carolina, seven for 51 the giants five for 35 Buffalo four for 46. I mean, you know, this is your number one draft pick, you know, CD lamb in comparison, Mike 113 catches. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I don't like, I, I don't like that everybody runs their offense differently. Right. But we are a pass happy offense. With a, a guy like McDaniel, McDaniel who loves, can you to say play,
1: we're pass happy when we have the like number one or number two ground game? Exactly I don't know if that's fair. right.
0: Well, I mean it's you know what I'm saying is is in situations when we should be running the ball, he gets pass happy. It happens. Okay, all right, that's different. It happens. It happens quite often. Yes, it does. Okay, so. You know, when you're looking at Waddle's numbers, when they're all said and done, that they're they're really good numbers. But are they consistently good? And they're not. You know, they he's get he's he's like a, not even a factor in 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 half of the football games that we played this year. Not even a not even a factor. Yeah. You, you'll see him catch three or four balls, and you'll be like, yeah, you know what? Waddle really wasn't. you know
1: the where's Waldo, that's what I do with where's Waddle, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. I mean, listen.
1: You see them forcing balls into Hill when he's double covered. I mean, where's Waddle? You know, can't can't we throw one to him?
0: I, I don't have answers. I mean, a few times late in the year, you know, Chris talked about this a lot. Like, why don't they throw deep balls to Waddle? And the whole first half of the season, you didn't see it. Second half of the season, yeah, I they saw Yeah, they did about, once in a while. Yeah, yeah they, they, maybe somewhere between two and four times did they throw it. Yeah, a deep pass I think they, they did guy. last that's, week, didn't they? That's extremely fast. I don't know what the answer to that is. I mean, you'd have to ask the coaching t- staff and Tua and, and, and um, you know, maybe get an answer from them in regard to why they don't target him deep. I, I, you know The safeties can't be everywhere. You know, if, the, if they're worrying about Tyreek on one side, you know, they only have so well, many defensive backs on the that's field. That's what
1: I said, you know, if they're double cover, covering Hill, waddle has got to be single covered. And if they're doubling him, too, then everybody else underneath has got to be free. So, you know, it, it is what it is. But, you know, we we've got to... We've got to go into this offseason and, and, and ask ourselves, how do we get past the Tennessees and the, and the Buffaloes and uh, teams of that ilk? Because what we've been doing for the past decade hasn't worked.
0: You don't have a physical tight end, you don't have a physical receiver, you don't have a physical quarterback. Now, Mahomes. And, and you have a, big... a fairly
1: light offensive line.
0: Absolutely. And I was just going to get to that as well. You don't necessarily have a physical offensive line either. Um, So you had opportunities at those type of guys, Mike, and and you made, you made different choices and um, you know, in the end, this is, this is going to be the outcome. Um, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Well, you know, I think we've covered just about everything. It's a disappointing game. And, you know, if we sound a little, you know, negative, it's because the results were negative. We've seen the story before.
1: That's why.
0: Well, you know, the results were negative, Mike. And, you know, the results were negative last week. And the the results were negative the week before. I mean, you know, Kansas City and Buffalo are both winnable football, you know, beatable football teams at this point. They are. And, and we went out and we didn't challenge. You know, Buffalo, yeah, it was a one-touchdown game. And, yeah, they challenged. But, man, oh, man, you lost. You lost the game, period. You lost at home, you know, with everything on the line. You lost that game, period. That's it. Well, I think everybody knows that, Lewis. Yeah. So, but what I'm saying is, is that, you know...
1: The real question is, you know, the, the question that, that Greer gets paid to answer is, what do we have to do to win these games?
0: Right. Yep. And Who and do we, we have to
1: get? And, and if it involves trading away five draft picks, please don't do it.
0: No. Not only, not only that, Mike, but, you know, you, you don't want to go out and you don't want to reach in regard to the draft either. You know, I, I've been a guy year in and year out, and you are, you are too. I mean, we've, we've all talked during the draft, you know, Kirk Marks and all of us. Um, Jim Johnson. Jim Johnson. And, you know, we watch drafts come and go, and we're like, w- w- what are they doing? What the frig are they? Take the best guy available on the board. When Sewell was there for the taking, I was ecstatic. I was like, oh, we're, get- we're getting our tackle for years to come. I mean and, and and we didn't do it. We didn't do it. Um, we had an opportunity to just stay put and draft Jamar Chase and we didn't do it. We had an opportunity to draft Jefferson Jefferson, Jonathan Taylor. It goes on and on Make and on. I've Parkins. said this a million times. Yeah. Parsons Parsons, I mean. You can go back as far as me, you and Chris are gonna do a show at some point over the next couple of weeks before I before I go on a hiatus for a while in regard to the guys that were available and the guys that we literally drafted in those in in certain years you can go back Mike we i think we drafted Charles Harris the year that Watts was on the board <laughs> and Chris has talked about that over and over again i mean th- there's been so many mistakes by this this um you know this draft committee and Greer it it it's above and beyond it's above and beyond so where the team goes from here, Mike, and how they can improve—I honestly, I couldn't tell you. Back-to-back know- back
1: playoff seasons, lose, So let's not dismiss that, okay? I mean, you know, it's not all—it's not all doom and gloom. They're—they're they're back-to-back playoff. They're a back-to-back playoff team. Now they have to figure out how to succeed in the playoffs, and that's going to be a greater challenge.
0: Yeah, I mean, I—I I look at that in regard to the last two seasons and and uh, they, they were both very different i mean last year we had a quarterback that was going in and out of the lineup and we kind of limped into the playoffs and this year you know we kind of limped into the playoffs for, for different, different reasons for different reasons <laughs> yeah. exactly but you know when, when we were healthy we still were not playing at our best. You know, we, we, just, we just didn't give it good effort. I didn't
1: feel like we lost yesterday because of our defensive inefficiency.
0: Not at all, not at all. And, and people have said that. And, and I, I, I'm, just, I'm just amazed at the fact that they can honestly say that when your defense, as depleted as it was, gave up a total of 19 points over the course of three quarters of that football game. 19 points. They were one
1: of 12 on third down of conversions, okay? One of 12. Yeah. That's it right there, okay? If you can't hold on to the ball, that means your defense is on the field. Of course. If you keep your defense on the field the whole game, they're gonna give up 26 points.
0: Yep, and you know what, Mike? The sad part is, is that they're a friggin' football team, okay, with a bunch of coaches. Yep. And they don't understand that their defense is that depleted to where, hey, guys, we got to go out and we got to get the friggin' job done today because we've got a bunch of guys that haven't played a down of football this whole season yep. that are actually going to be getting a lot of playing time on that side of the football. So today, we have to go out and we have to be the guys that win this football game. And instead, they had guys that hadn't played all year basically do a better job than they did and then people want to blame the defense are you kidding me
1: if you take away two or three scrambles they had 15 rushes
0: <laughs>
1: that's not keeping your defense off the field so anyway you know we, we could do this all day but uh I think we're going to stop here. Lewis, thanks for yep. joining
0: me. You're welcome. Let's come back with a positive show on. Um... We'll have to think of something because this is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no fun. It, I feel a lot better, though.
1: I'm glad you feel better. Yep. Uh, you know, that, that made my day.
0: Oh, so thank you.
1: Next week, we'll. Uh... Thanks for caring. Yep. Actually, not <laughs> next week. Later in the week, we'll have something else in mind. We'll have Chris with us and uh, we'll make him be the positive one.
0: Yes, he's right. he's really down and out, Mike, so hopefully he comes out of his uh depression. By well, now. he
1: has a few more days to do that. see <laughs> we, we didn't. we only had one day.
0: Oh God so yeah. you uh, know
1: Gri's uh, been bugging the shit out of us for years. I mean, I'm just being honest, so you know that's just pent up frustration but uh you know we'll see where we go from here. Uh, but anyway, uh, like I said, we'll be back later in the week and until then, fins up everybody and thanks for listening.
0: Fins up, Dolphins.
1: All right, Finn fans, that's today's show. I want to thank the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Sports Social podcast network. Check out these sites, guys. They've got articles and uh, podcasts, which I think you'll enjoy. All right, until next week, be well and take care. Network.